Last week, we began a series on um, people we need in our life. There are some people that are indispensable. We, we need to have certain people in our life. And last week, we began with, with Barnabas. We need an encourager in our life. All of us need someone who will lift us up, support us, help us, teach us by way of example how to sacrifice and live for Jesus and to be challenged to, to remove the lid of our level of service and, and to reach for greater things. That's who Barnabas was. And we need people in our circle of friends that teach us those lessons. And as we talk about that, not only do we want to incorporate and, and round up folks like that to be a part of my circle of influence, but we need to become those people ourselves, uh, ourselves for others. And so what we're talking about is not just an exercise where you just listen and you, you, you measure what the guy's having to say. This is not something that we've come together just to hear but to put into practice. And so I want to ask you a question. I want to make a challenge for you this morning. This is last week still, but I didn't get to this. But I want to make a challenge to you. Raise your hand if you have email. Do you have email? Nearly everybody raise their hand. You know, and if you don't have email, do you have stamps? You have stamps. Let me ask you to do something. For the next 30 days, every day, spend less than five minutes and write a note of encouragement to someone. They don't even have to be a member of the church. They can be a member of this congregation. They can be someone you work with. They can be your wife, your husband, your children. They can be your mom and dad. They can be a Bible class teacher from years ago. They can be just anybody that you know of that you can say a kind and encouraging word to and send that to them. It would take less than five minutes of your day. When you get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night, just spend five minutes and write an encouraging note to someone. I tell you, by doing that, you will make a difference in the lives of people. And look at how many people we could touch if we would all do that. And what, what does that say to the person who's having trouble in their life and things when they finally hit rock bottom? They'll remember who to come to for help. We make ourselves available in that fashion. We will lift people's spirits. We will help them. And they will learn to appreciate you and respect you. Because out of the blue, for no reason, you encourage them. So please take up that challenge. Do that for the next 30 days and carry it on. But let's at least, all of us, do that for 30 days as we try to become and try to find people in our lives who are our Barnabas. Well, this morning I want us to talk about another person, indispensable person you need in your life, and it's a Jonathan. You need a Jonathan. A Jonathan is a true friend. All of us need true friends. As I stated last week, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, if you have your Bible, you can read that. But what that passage talks about is this fact that you cannot go it alone that two are better than one. Because if one falls down, the other one can help you up. And how can one stay warm at night when they lie down, but two can keep warm? 
And what happens when you're going down the road and some enemies come your way? You'd be overcome by yourself, but with another person, you can hold your ground. Two are better than one. There are people that we need in our life. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12. One of those people that we need is a Jonathan. Uh, the purpose of this series is to uh, try to identify certain people that represent or characterize uh, indispensable relationships that, that we need to have. And uh, one of the things that, well, this is, this is kind of my level where I am. You, you know the, the Toy Story, the movie Toy Story, number one. Um, Toy Story number three has just come out. Everybody told us it's great, but don't go see it because we just sent a son off to college and they said you'd cry all the way through it. So we haven't, we haven't seen it yet. But Toy Story 1, there was a, a song that was written for that movie. And the name of the song, it was written by Randy Newman, and the name of the song was You've Got a Friend in Me. Let me share with you the words uh, to that song. You've got a friend in me when the road looks rough ahead. And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. If you got troubles, I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together. We can see it through because you've got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am. Bigger and stronger too, maybe. But none of them will ever love you the way I do. And as years go by, our friendship will never die. You're going to see it's our destiny. You've got a friend in me. We need that kind of friend who will be there through thick and thin, who will be dependable more than anybody else in the world. We need a friend. Now, if Toy Story is a little beneath your intellect, Cicero was a Roman philosopher uh, uh, in the first century B.C. And he said that if you had, at the point of your death, enough friends that you could count on just one hand, he said you would be one of the wealthiest men alive. I think there's wisdom in both of those statements we need friends because what they bring to us. As the writer, the wise man wrote in Ecclesiastes, we, we just can't go it alone. There are people that we need in life and, and we need people to encourage us and we need people just to be a real friend. And when we talk about a real friend, I can't help but think of Jonathan. If you have your Bible, open it to 1 Samuel chapter 18 and read with me again. Mike just read from chapter 18, but look again at what he says in, in verse 1. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And he go on further, verse 4 or verse 3, they, they made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan and David were so close, it was, as if, it was as if their soul was knit together, bound together 
unable to be separated. Turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 20. And again, you have this Jonathan and David expressing their, their love for each other. And Jonathan said to David, tomorrow, or verse 17. Now, Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Do you have someone in your life that loves you as much as they love themselves? That would do anything for you that you needed done? That there was nothing that you could pick up the phone and call and ask that would receive, um, no way. No, that's, that's just asking too much. Do you have people in your life that you can count on? that you can covenant with and say, we are one. What happens to you happens to me. If you suffer, I suffer. And if you rejoice, I rejoice. Those are the kind of people that we need in our life. And if you don't have that person, you need to start looking. And I'll tell you, there are people here who can be that person. Let's just talk a little bit of the background of Jonathan. And then uh, talk about a few characteristics of what it means to be a true friend. Jonathan, as you know, was the oldest son of King Saul. Being the oldest son, he has privileges. Uh, He would be heir apparent to the throne of Israel. And Jonathan and David, after David killed Goliath, Jonathan and David became best of friends. Well, they were true friends. Their hearts became knit together. And you would think the same would be true of Saul and David, but it didn't work that way because Saul's heart was not right. He was jealous of David for the victory that he had procured. And and when he heard the women singing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands, his jealousy got the best of him. And Saul tried his best to kill David. Yet, in spite of the way Jonathan's dad felt about David, Jonathan didn't follow. Jonathan loved David and was good to David. And Jonathan actually warned and protected David. And had he not done so, David would have lost his life to Saul. Jonathan went against his father in an effort to defend David and to protect his life. And so that's the kind of friendship that we have described. We don't have a lot of the day-to-day activity, but what we do have are a few short verses that tell us that Jonathan and David were knit together in their souls. And we also know that that was not an easy relationship to sustain because there were outside forces that would have, you would think, pulled them apart. But those forces didn't have that kind of power to overcome their love for each other. And so I want us to talk about a few characteristics that we should look for and that we need in in friends. First one is that a true friend is loyal. There was a man by the name of Randy Posh. Maybe you remember him. I'm not sure if you do or not, but you'll remember if I tell you or make mention of the last lecture. You remember the man who was dying of cancer. 
and he presented. He was a he was a professor at Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon Institute in, in Pittsburgh, and and uh, he decided to present a lecture that was entitled "The Last Lecture." He knew he only had a couple months to live, and so he wanted to say some things that were of a value, or what would you say if you had one last lecture to give? Well, he began that lecture and he said, I, I, there are certain things that are awful and I can't talk about my wife. I won't make it. can't talk about my children. I'd break down. But take those off the table and here's what I want to talk to you about. And he went through some of his dreams in life. He talked about trying to help other people to achieve their dreams. And then the final thing before he closed, he talked about his friends and the value that he placed on those people in his life who were his true friends. One of those men encouraged him to become who he was. In fact, he said that uh, I met this man and he was encouraging me to, to go to graduate school and to pursue this teaching and, and so forth. And he said, one day this man came up to me and he said, you know, it's a shame that people perceive you as so arrogant because that's really going to limit your effectiveness. Now, he said, he didn't come up and call me a jerk, which is what I was being. He just came up and said, people perceive you as arrogance. And because of the way you're conducting yourself, you're really going to limit the influence you have in other people's lives. And so in a very kind and roundabout way, he conveyed a message that he said, I really needed to hear. And he said, and throughout the remainder of my friendship with him, he continued to share many, many pieces of advice that were just as painful. A friend is someone who will tell you what you need to hear. A true friend. A true friend is loyal. They'll get right down to the heart of the matter. And when, it, when things need to be said and done, they have the nerve to say them. Sometimes we get off track. Sometimes we, we get a little heady and, and, and we get a little judgmental and we get a little, you know, there, there are different ways that we can get off track. And we need somebody to rein us in when those times come. This man said he had such people in his life and, and it helped him. The Bible speaks of the wounds of a friend and they're good. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong or need correction. But boy, don't we all need somebody that loves us enough to say, hold on there. You're going the wrong way. A true friend is loyal. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times and that a brother is born for adversity. A true friend will stand in front of you when attacks come. And that's basically what Jonathan did for David. When David would have been killed, Jonathan got in the way and secured his, his safety. Had he done nothing, they all would have died. David would have died. 
years ago. I, I don't remember what the, the movie was, but it was a it was a, something I watched as a child on television. It was one of those army movies, and there was this guy that nobody liked. He was a coward. He was always cowered down and, and afraid, and when everybody else was fighting, he was just shivering down in a foxhole, not helping any, and, and the men were so aggravated with him and, and ready just to, to do away with him. But at the end of the movie, someone throws a grenade in their uh, foxhole. There's about 12 guys in this little ditch here. And that guy that nobody seemed to have much care for threw his body on the grenade and died to save all of them. Who could say that that man was not a friend? That's a true friend. To sacrifice yourself, to take what was intended for someone else and to take it yourself. To get in the way. To run interference for. That's what Jonathan did for David. And we need people who will die for us. Who will stand in the way and and take the blows for us. Do you have someone like that in your life? If you don't, find them. Because you need them. A true friend is also a person who is full of grace. We need people... Well, listen. Who knows the dark recesses of your mind and still likes you and doesn't run from you? Do you have someone who knows all your foibles, all the things that aren't quite mature and developed about your character, and they know those things and they still they don't run from you? You need a person like that. We all need people that will help us, not run from us when we're imperfect. We need people to help us become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus and If I have people around me that just run and they're too noble and pious to to humble themselves to deal with me and my problems, that's not a help. I need people who really know who I am and know my weaknesses and and know my my foolishness and, and still stay and will help me. Who can you think out loud to? Who can you talk to with confidence that it won't be told to anybody else? Who can you let people know the things that you wonder and sometimes when your faith is weak, the the questions that you have? Who can you say those things to and know that they don't look at you with a cynical eye or a suspicious eye, but understand and will help you to grow through those, those matters. Again, in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24, the Bible says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I know your own family, flesh and blood, is supposed to be close. But you can have friends closer than your own family. And that's a good thing. A true friend is someone who is full of grace, who knows all your, your weaknesses, your shortcomings, and they still love you. And they still hang out with you and, and want to help you to, to become better. 
And then a true friend is someone that is sacrificial. Jonathan, think about what Jonathan sacrificed to be a friend of David. He sacrificed his rights to the throne of Israel. Now, he knew that David had been appointed by God to become the next king. Saul was the king, but he could have fought that. He could have let David die and not warned David to flee when Saul was trying to kill him and look for him. But there was something more important to Jonathan than just being the next king in line in Israel. He gave all that up so that he could be a friend to David. Have you ever stood to the side to let somebody else stand in the limelights? That's what true friends do. True friends don't always look to their own selves and to their own needs and and to their own desires and, and have to have all those things satisfied. True friends will stand back and let you excel. You all know I'm, I'm a fan of the Andy Griffith show, but that's kind of the relationship that Andy sustained with Barney all the time, isn't it? I mean, he, Barney was this clumsy guy that can't seem to do anything right, and, and Andy just stands back and lets him take praise when really it was more belonging to Andy than it was to Barney. If you have a friend like that who will let you stand in the limelight and who's content to stand behind and get no recognition. There was a song back several years ago. I remember they played it at our graduation from high or from college, Wind Beneath My Wings, with the concept of, you know, here's a person who has been the wind beneath my wings. They've enabled me to soar and to fly. They've been in my shadow, and they're content to be there. While I soar, they're down here, but they've gotten me to where I am. Do you have people like that in your life who can be the wind beneath your wings? You need people like that in your life. Folks, we all need Jonathans. We need true friends to help us get through life. And I'll tell you what, if you don't have that person, then you can get them. You can find one. You can find some here. But there's one that you have that you may not even realize, and that's Jesus. Because all the qualities that we just talked about of a true friend, loyal, full of grace, sacrificial, all of those describe Jesus. Jesus is a friend that will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. There are circumstances in life when our friends may desert us because of things that we might do or things that are brought on that we have no power over, but they may just kind of disappear, but not Jesus. Jesus will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The question is, will you make Him your friend? Jesus said that if you love Me and if you keep My commandments, you are My friends. My friends, keep my commandments. As we go through life, there are things that will happen that are going to be difficult to deal with. At best, life is, is, is hard. But how much easier does it become when we have people who will stand up for us, who will hold us up, 
who will be there to listen to us, who know our hearts and know our imperfections and don't run from us, but causes them and gives them a mission in life to make us better and to help us to mature. Find yourself someone that can help you be a better person and make them your friend. And you'll be blessed because of it. And if you already have one of those people, then I would ask you to do this. Make yourself available to others to become that Jonathan that they need. You understand that there are people in this crowd today who are all alone. I dare say that that's the case. Oh, we're all here. 350 of us are here together, but... Among that 350, there are a few people that are all by themselves. What are we going to do? How will we respond to those people? Tough luck? Or will we become their Jonathan? Will we try to help them as they try to journey to heaven as well? Be a Jonathan and find a Jonathan. And understand that the best friend you can ever have is Jesus Christ. He gave His life for you so that you can have an eternity enjoying the inheritance, the possessions of God for all eternity. I don't know a better friend than one who can arrange that and secure that for me. And that's exactly what Jesus has done. If you've not yet obeyed the Gospel of Christ, I hope that you'll make that decision this morning. If you've never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, if you've never made Jesus your true friend, why don't you obey Him and become His friend? You'll never regret it. It'll bless you throughout all eternity. If you've never been baptized, let us help you in that this morning. If you're a child of God already, but unfaithful and Maybe there are things in your life that aren't the way they should be, and and maybe you need a true friend. I know there are people here that will say, you know, in the book of Revelation, when Jesus about closes the book, He says this, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And that is still, that same invitation is still being made today. The Spirit of God wants you to respond And the Bride of Christ, we want you to as well. If you need the prayers, the support, the strength, the forgiveness that comes from your friends, we'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.